Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. Listeners, to another episode of Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am one of your co-hosts, Wendy, and weirdly this week I am not with Melissa. Instead, I have special guest star Jason Murphy. Hi, I'm not Melissa. <laughs> okay, so Jason, tell us a little bit about what you do. Uh, well, I do a lot. I am a uh, uh, software uh, programmer, web development, stuff like that. Uh, do a lot of that. Uh, do some writing. Uh, I co-host and produce a uh, web series called The Modern Rogue, where we do uh, lots of juvenile stuff. It's kind of like Mythbusters meets Jackass. Um, <laughs> I think it's probably a pretty good way to to put it. It's more it's more Mythbusters than Jackass, but we definitely get a little goofy sometimes. It's a spinoff of a TV show on uh, Netflix uh, or on National Geographic that's now on Netflix that uh, I was on called uh, Hacking the System. Now, I say spinoff. It's not. It's not a spinoff. It's a spiritual successor, I guess you could say. It was that <laughs> the TV show didn't get picked up for a second season, and Brian and I said, "Well, we want to keep doing stuff like this," so we kept doing it. And, it uh, didn't get picked up. It was so successful. I thought. No, 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 no. It did okay. okay. It did okay, but Nat Geo was just like, "No, that's uh, we're good. We're oh, gonna okay. do just 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 one season." And uh, but we were having enough fun doing it, and thought we could still keep doing it without a big budget. And uh, we've been doing it for about a year now. Cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, doing that. And uh, I write. Uh, have a um, movie called Two Hundred Hours that should be coming out um, this year sometime. What? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. We don't have a. We don't have distribution yet. They're finishing up the uh, effects on it right now. So there's that. I screen wrote. I wrote the screenplay on that. And uh, have a book called The Black Goat Motorcycle Club, which came out last year. It's a kind of a grindhouse uh, horror novel. And then another novel uh, that should be out sometime this year, probably summer of 2017. And I feel incredibly like I don't do anything when you say it all like that. But See, I feel like I don't do anything because, I, I should say, I don't do anything that's not work. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, uh, this is a wonderful social engagement for me. So. Look at this, you're here in my house, it's so great. So, our topic this week, listeners, is Sip Sip, which is so much fun to say. Sip Sip. Sip Sip. How many years have you been going? Uh, this was my third year. Okay, so it was my first year. So, there I am, early, late December. I think it was around Christmas. Yeah. I ran into Rod Paddock, who mm -hmm. is your boss yep. and a mutual friend. Mm -hmm. And he said, Seattle Short Science Fiction Short Film Festival. So much fun. You should come. Airfare is super cheap on Alaska Air right now. And one thing or another, and I managed to make it work. So this year, yes, I went, yeah, it was in January, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, it was, uh, it's about right. Yeah, yeah, two weeks ago. So if yeah. we're a little hazy on details, listeners, it has been two it's, weeks. It's irregularly scheduled. Uh, last year when I went, it was in March, I believe. Woo! So yeah, it's, uh, it's usually anywhere from January to like late March or something like that, from what I understand. So it's kind of all over the place. And it's, they kind of put ticket, they wait a while to put tickets on sale. 
Hmm. Uh, so you, you really have to kind of pay attention. And it sells out. So it's it's something that they've kept small. It could be much bigger, but it sells out like every year. And they never grow it. I think they're happy with keeping it like with the attendance and level of fanfare that it has. Which I kind of... I kind of applaud that. So yeah. often when you're successful with an event, you you tend to want to grow it. But the, I kind of admire people who are like, this is as much as I want. Yeah. This, this is, is the good. sweet spot. This is what I like. And, you know, that and that and that's great. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of people don't get to experience it uh, like that uh, since it's, it's only who can fit in the Cinerama, which is a big theater. Uh, but they still do sell out. And, uh, yeah, it's... I think we've all seen festivals that shall remain nameless that were very, very fun and intimate and uh, low-key, maybe a little punk rock, and now they're just unwieldy behemoths and kind of stressful to attend. I have no idea what you're talking about. I can think of two in this town. Because we live in Austin. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, obviously, it's in Seattle. It is the Science Fiction and Fantasy Short Film Festival. So, every short that we saw was... Genre of yes. some sort, yeah. which was super great. Right up my alley. And their short films, which is super fun because it could be anywhere between three and... It didn't seem like any of them went longer, like 15, 15 minutes? Oh, yeah. 20? Yeah, they were all pretty short. I don't even think there were any 20-minute ones in no. there. Uh, yeah, they're, some of them are like really, really brief. Really? Yeah. Which, for a couple of them, I'm like, oh, thank God, that didn't go on. <laughs> <laughs> now, it was a pretty solid slate. So, um, listeners, the thing to know is that this is at the Cinerama in Seattle, which is, gosh walking distance to the Space Needle. And mm-hmm. it is a true Cinerama theater, um, which is the three projection. Like, they don't... Right. Yeah, so it's it's gorgeous in there, and the seats are fantastic. It's an amazing theater. And it's, it's got... Amazing. The lobby is all, like, mid-century modern, googie style, yes. so it's just gorgeous. Uh, so parts of it have been uh, maintained uh, by uh, Paul Allen. Uh, he's a, a Seattle uh, local dignitary. He was with Microsoft for a very long time. Interesting story about that guy. As I understand it, he was like a CXO level at Microsoft. I can't remember his exact position. He'd been there forever. And he was one of the big guys at Microsoft for a long time and uh, became obscenely wealthy. And then he was diagnosed with cancer. Oh. And so he retired and just said, I'm going to enjoy life. And uh, with all of his money, he has been buying pop culture memorabilia. And it... uh, He's opened the EMP Museum, now called... Uh, Mopop. Mopop. That's what it is. The Museum of Pop Culture. And there's just all sorts of amazing stuff in there and, that he owns. Like the original sword from Conan. and Oh, yeah. You know, original Magic the Gathering prototype cards that were like photocopied. You know, just uh, you know, props from Star Trek and, uh, you know, uh, critters from the movie. It's all over the place. And it's really cool. So he... Uh, I believe he owns the Cinerama. I think so. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's like... It's kind of like everything cool and geeky in Seattle, he, he has a hand he, in it. He owns it. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of a patron saint, so it's, it's really cool. So there are these displays of costumes in there. Plus, uh, I did go to the Mopop and I saw their Star Trek exhibit and all their other exhibits. And I mean, uh, I'm not one who normally is just like, oh, look, it's a prop from a movie. That's so cool. It's, it, but there were so many and so varied that I'm, after a while you're just sort of like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, and it it, uh, it changes. They have different uh, things that rotate out. Like, I haven't seen the Star Trek one. When I was there, they had uh, the costumes of Star Wars. Oh, see. And now, costumes, I will always love to look at original costumes yeah. to see, like, what what it looked like on screen. And you mm-hmm. remember, then you get up close and you're like, holy shit, it's just cheap felt. Yeah, and they had a bunch of, like, uh, labyrinth stuff. 
with oh. like uh, Bowie's cod piece and everything. You know? I would love to touch Bowie's cod piece. <laughs> just can I touch it? It just, was it was behind I feel like glass. It could, it could heal lepers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god! It's like the shroud of Turin. <laughs> it only totally is. It might turn you gay, or at least into an alien moon yeah, child. Yeah. But you'd be healed. So. Omnisexual uh, man who fell to earth. Yeah. Everything about that is so great. Um, oh, and the Cinerama listeners, it. Um, it's so great because they sell top-notch snacks in addition. Oh, so you do. can you yeah. can actually get some booze. You can get this chocolate popcorn that they had. They got um, so they in addition to your usual movie snacks, they do have a higher tier of yeah, snack. Like artisanal nice. pumpkin seeds and stuff like that. <laughs> oh my god, that is so hipster. I know, but they were delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Jason's over there. Nah, they were so good. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the shorts that we saw. Um, so the way it works, listeners, you go in, you start at noon. And everything is just played back to back. So um, I think it was From about... noon to two. Noon to two and then intermission and then... Yep, noon to two. Um, half hour intermission, I think. I and think it was only half hour this year. I think so. And then like uh, 2.30 to 4? 4? 4.30? Uh, does it say? Oh, it's, it does. Oh, it does. Look at that right there. Yeah. Oh, and it, uh, it and then there's a Q and A to follow. Yeah. Up. So it was like uh, four thirty, I think, when we got yeah. done, something like that. So unlike other typical film festivals where you see something and then have a break, it was just, just yeah, blasted into your eyeballs, which was great. Done in a couple of hours, and that's it. It's just a just a discreet short, leaves you wanting more kind of thing. It's not the endurance test of some other festivals, and yeah. uh, twenty four full hours, like maybe uh, like that, or you know. The Fantastic Fest used to be like, what, eight days or something? It is still eight days. Is it still eight days? <laughs> it is eight days. I know. I go and by the end, you're just like, what What day is it? I don't even yeah, remember You're just anymore. stumbling into theaters and it's all kind of running together like Edward Norton and Fight Club. You don't even know what city you're in. <laughs> a, little, a little bit. What movies have I seen today? Yeah. I don't remember. So um, we started with an animated short. And listeners, we're just going to go through chronologically what we saw and at the very least mention it, give you some clues, but really we're just going to focus on the ones we liked seahawks versus monsters yep very lo-fi it was uh, done kind of like a kaiju thing where the seattle seahawks fight a bunch of strange monsters it was done like uh super lo-fi charmingly so uh but it was very much a local thing. those were real those were real professional oh yeah those were actual seattle seahawks uh, okay that they got uh, to help them out uh it was fun it was cute but it was mostly like Hey, is, aren't the Seahawks great? You know, and uh, us being from Austin, it was like, okay, yeah, sure, it, cool. It was a cute. good opener. I mean, it was the best place to put it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have anything against it, but it wasn't for us. No. You know? It was cute. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Next was one of my favorites in the whole festival, Getting Fat in a Healthy Way. Yeah. Which is from Bulgaria and Germany. So... <laughs> it was about a, a world where gravity has gone awry, and if you don't weigh a certain amount, you'll just drift away into the sky. Just float away? Yeah. And so people, like, have, like, belts and things they put on. They go for walks with their dogs, and their dogs are, like... Just kind of floating and pooping like in the air. Yeah, like, like balloons, yeah. <laughs> and the poop apparently just floats away when you think about it. Yeah, and it's about this one guy who is uh, sheltering and being overly protective of his very skinny son and he keeps his son locked away in their apartment uh it felt i can't remember the exact comparison that i made to you when it was done but it felt very junet yes yes it's got it's got a tilted skewed world 
concept. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because of the gravity, but also just it's got a, a playfulness to it. Yeah, and a, it was played very cute. And a, a kind of a wily coyote logic system. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just sort of what? Why would you yeah. do it that way? I suppose. Well, I guess it worked, and it was very. It was he. He falls in love with the woman he sees outside, but he can't go outside. What's he gonna do? And it was very just adorable and sweet and romantic. Yeah, kind of almost a coming of age about this guy wanting to break away from his father. And um, it was mostly mime and just physical performance. Uh, yeah, yeah. There wasn't a lot of talking, was there? Yeah, there no. were some great, uh, <laughs> uh, great physical comedy. The refrigerator. The refrigerator. Yeah, it was it was good. Getting fat in a healthy way. You can probably find all these online listeners probably. on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So if, you, if you're curious about them, just Google them. The Millet Calder's End. You really like this one. Very yeah. Lovecraftian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was definitely spooky. It was... Uh, God, who narrated it? I can't remember that guy's name. Um, it's not in there, but it's... No. It's he's, I kept thinking voice. it was Tom Hiddleston, but it's, it's not. It's a different British actor, but he did, uh, he did a really good job. It's very spooky. Kind of, a, uh, kind of an EC Comics... Mm. Uh, horror uh, hammer film type thing uh, very moody and uh, somber uh, Haunted Mill I think that was one that uh, uh, played at Fantastic Fest because I had seen it before I, I, I think I saw it at Fantastic Fest or South by Southwest I can't remember which but uh, I really like it it's just so creepy just straight gothic horror yep yep like they're nothing. If it's you done know, with puppets. If yes, it's done that with was puppets. what cool. It was done with with um, actual puppets and a like a, I feel like there was a little bit of like oh I think they used like a real rat or something. Oh like, yeah, something like, like that. Yeah, it yeah. was an interesting blend. That's every once in a while they would use something mm-hmm. real, but um, yeah, but it's all you know British sins of the father and uh, oh yeah uh, the you know the horrors of lineage and you know I mean if you know the genres like. There's nothing surprising that happens, but it's, it's really well done. It hits all the so tropes, creepy. but yeah, definitely moody. Uh, next up, Stellar Moves, colon, The Story of Pluto. You put a smiley face next to this one. <laughs> well, yeah, I did put a smiley face because I have a soft spot for astronomy. <laughs> <laughs> so the, it's this animated short of the planets are a dance team. Like a hip-hop dance team, and they're looking for the next one to join. And Pluto, with his little best friend, Sharon, <laughs> wants to join. And he, he and Sharon helps him learn, and he tries out, and everybody loves him. And they're like, oh, but you've got to leave Sharon behind. But he can't, because that's his best friend. Yeah, and they're like, you're not even a planet. And so, it, it's cute. Like, if, it's you, very if cute. you know your astronomy about Pluto and the, you know, the dwarf planet, but the dual planet, and the... All that, like, I, it just made me giggle. Yeah. It was cute. It was cute. Yeah. Tears of Steel. Had you seen this one before? You know, I'm reading the description. I get this... Uh... That's the one with the... They're trying to recreate the scene on okay, the Okay, that's that one? Okay. Yeah. I got that confused with a different one. Yeah, I know. With the, the other... Uh, it was cool. Yeah, it was, it was a little difficult to figure out what they were doing exactly. Like... It's like, was it time travel? No. No, (laughs) You know, it wasn't, but yeah. So, um... It was just, it was a hard sci-fi about people trying to kind of undo the end of the world by tricking an AI. Yeah, basically, like, this AI is now in a 
robot, but it used to be human, and yeah. at one point got her heart broken. Yeah. And so, if we can relive that moment and have that moment change where she isn't rejected, perhaps she won't want to kill the human race anymore. Yes. Like I was kind of like it looked great, the look of it. Oh yeah, very professionally made. They must have spent a ton for yeah, a short film. Yeah, like you know. all of the CG graphics mm-hmm. looked. Amazing. And, and it's it's one of those where, like many of these, it's clear that okay, this is this is some someone's hoping that the success of this will they can parlay that into a feature length version of yeah, it. Yeah, it's a proof of and concept. It had a, it had a cool concept to it. I liked it. And it did function uh, unlike some of the other ones that were clearly proof of concept for something bigger, it did function as a... Um, as a standalone. It did. Yes, that's what I was getting like, at. Like, I yeah. didn't get to the end and go, oh, fuck off. Right. Yeah. Well, because when it, when you watch a, a quote short film, and at the end you get to the end, and it's just a trailer that doesn't tell you anything, you're like, Yeah. Blow me. It's not a story. Yeah. But this one, this one was a story from beginning to end, but it was clearly part of something bigger, I think. And uh, and uh, all of my electronics are going crazy. Yeah, you're getting blown up. There we go. Uh, but yeah, it was good. It was yeah. good. It was cool. It didn't really blow me away, but it did. It was uh, kind of a testament to. Uh, uh, be nice to your roboticist girlfriend, <laughs> or she will rule the world with an iron fist. Literally, I will come and get you. I don't know. I can I can't really articulate now because it's been a little bit of time. But I felt like something went wrong with the logic, that like the storytelling logic somewhere. That by the time I got to the end, I was like, that doesn't really make sense, or that doesn't really work. Yeah, and it did devolve into a firefight. Yeah, you know, but, you which know, isn't always bad, but I, I, but if you're wanting to make this into a feature film, you're wanting to show that you can do that. Uh, yeah, like yeah. I can, I can effectively cut, shoot, cut, edit. Oh yeah, a no, it was fight. it was competently made. It had good special effects. It's there is no reason that the people behind this should not have more work. Yeah, more work, an actual legitimate career because. I have seen wide-release movies that don't have an ounce of the creativity and skill that went into this. Uh, Yeah, I can agree with that. It's from the Netherlands, FYI. Um, Oh, next up was Filthy But Fine. Do you remember this one? Uh, It was animated. Yeah. Uh, I stepped out to go to the bathroom and came back partway through and had no idea what was (laughs) happening. So I was just like, I, I can't really... Judge. It's, I know it was just bananas, like Batman shows up or something. It, it I don't is, know. Um, there's no dialogue. It is all just music. It's got this... It's like a pizza delivery thing? Um, yeah. It's it's very... If you've ever read the novel Snow Crash, yep. it's got a very similar oh, yeah. sort of, um, you know, neo-punk, cyberpunk, future jazz kind yeah. of style. Like, even the animation style was very, um, like, Bruce Timm. Yeah. Like very blocky, very clean. Mm-hmm. So he's given this box to deliver by some shadowy figure and you, you're thinking it's a bomb or like clearly there's like a mafia or something like it's it's a big deal. And as he's running through the city, like he encounters Batman who it does not go well for him and he encounters like a some sort of Cthulhu monster. He's like seriously shit gets real as he's trying to deliver this box, which he eventually does. And it turns out it's a pizza. Okay. Uh, well, I... I yeah, I thought didn't I didn't know. Beginning. I didn't know. Hey, I so thought it was, it was like a, you knew it was pizza all along. Nope. So it's very. It's got a sly sense of humor, and there was a fun during the credit after credit sequence of between the monsters and Batman that I I don't want to spoil. Um, it's 
three minutes of your life. Just yeah. go watch it. It's, yeah, it's so fun. cute. Cute isn't even the right word. It's cool. That's what I wrote. It's just cool. <laughs> uh, next was Lookouts. Yeah. I know oh, you that... were you were angry yeah, about this saying, one. I wrote on it, trailer. It's a fucking trailer. Uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it, again, very well produced. Oh my god, yeah. It's... A substantial amount of money went into this. This looks like the next HBO original series that yeah. they want to make. It's based on a, uh, a, a webcomic uh, on Penny Arcade, uh, a popular video game webcomic. They've started branching out and doing other webcomics. Uh, but it's uh, it's it's a fantasy series about a bunch of uh, uh, kids who are essentially rangers, kind of like uh, you know Cub Scouts or something like that in this fantasy world, and off to fight the basilisk. Um, it was really well done, but it was not self-contained. It this was the definition of proof of concept. It was let's let's show off this world and our filmmaking abilities, and uh, it's good. I think part of the reason that it was selected is because Penny Arcade is local to Seattle. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, I liked it, but it wasn't... If you're wanting uh, a self-contained story, this is not it at all. Yeah, like, I, I liked I liked what I was being shown. I would love to mm-hmm. see more, and my frustration stems from the fact that there is no yeah. more. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, it, and it, it was kind of long, too, but it just kind of ends you know and ends with it if you want to know more you know exactly. that kind of thing which ah yeah yeah uh, oh, don't you dare back to the future to me <laughs> that's exactly what it was next up was the allen dimension uh, we was this the one we all voted for or did we all no. vote for we all voted for one in the second house half. arrest house arrest house yeah arrest. the allen dimension was very good though it was one of my favorites yeah it was yeah. animated it, it was on the top of my list too. It's so much fun. Yeah, animated uh, UK. Yeah, and uh, it was a guy who uh, seems to be obsessed with his. He may or may not be precognitive, and his wife just gets fed up and she leaves, and then you start to realize, oh no, he can totally tell the future, uh, but he has to kind of push that aside to save his marriage. So yep. it's really cute. Yeah, it was really sweet, and it had a fun. Stinger ending. Yeah, yeah. I liked it a lot. It was one of the better ones we saw, I thought. <laughs> yes. Um, this one, like, Jason is perfectly encapsulated, and I don't want to say any more because you should just watch it. So go find it. The Alan Dimension. A-L-A-N. It's his name. Mm-hmm. Alan is the name of the man who believes that he has precognition. Yeah. <laughs> very limited, very mundane precognition. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, welcome to the fifth facade. What the actual what? fuck was this? <laughs> yeah, I know. I I was uh, okay. Unfortunately, I was getting tired because I had been up because I had caught like a flight at like six in the morning. Been up since four or three thirty in the morning. Uh, I was nodding off on this one. It's American. Uh, the sudden death of a middle-aged architect leads to many decades of cryogenic sleep. Once resuscitated, decades later, he returns to a radically altered version of Seattle, the city where he had once lived and worked. I, uh, that's more than I remember about it because like, I was, I was trying to stay awake. It, uh, like not, not I... really a fault of the short, not, not, not a fault of the short. I'm not sure, but I was nodding off. It felt off. like weird, it felt like weird environmental propaganda. Oh, did it? 
Like, do you remember? Because all of the rooftop gardens. Oh, yeah, in. yeah, yeah. And then, like, we we need to do something, check, log into the fifth facade here. Like, it was, there was something about a website or something. I just remember being like, whoa, it wasn't, what? And then, like, p- p- people kill themselves because they don't. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, so clearly, listeners, it was a very coherent story that mm-hmm. Jason and I both completely yeah. understood. Mostly, we just went, what? Thank God it wasn't Pass. the last one. Next was Summer Camp Island. Uh, I really liked this one. <laughs> I would love it even as much, except I already saw it at Fantastic Fest. Oh, right. So I was just like, oh, this one. Yeah. So I didn't get that joy of discovery. It's wonderfully absurd. Just, yeah, I was, that's the exact term I was about to use. Just by watching it, you can tell. And I, it was right. I was right because I looked it up that this is uh, uh, one of the uh, Cartoon Network pilots like along the lines of the regular show or something like that. That's just really weird and funny and cute and charming. Uh, there's like, like one of the characters is uh, the sentient pajamas. Yes. Of one of the other characters. Don't, don't talk during the slumber party pajamas. You'll embarrass me. Okay. Pajamas, you talk. I forgot. Yeah. And then like a... A shark that lives in the swimming pool that gives advice and... And sentient marshmallows. And oh, that scream hedge- when you put them in your mouth? The hedgehog is like, oh, marshmallows, yum, puts it in the mouth. They're like, and all the other marshmallows look look at him like, what the actual fuck, dude? And the marshmallow in his mouth is like, what? And then he takes it out just, ah. <laughs> Yeah. It's so random and bizarre yeah. and animated and cute. And- uh, it's, it's one of those that uh, that was serving as a pilot to get a series made, a cartoon network. But didn't get picked up or hasn't gotten picked up yet. I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, that's what it was. I looked it up because if you look in the credits, it says property of the Cartoon Network mm-hmm. and all that. So, yeah, there's actually two of those that we saw. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll get to the other one. Zero Gone was the end of part one, and we all walked out going, Huh? What? Yeah. It was a lot of bizarre, cool-looking imagery. Uh, the the description is more than I got out of oh, watching. Oh yeah, it. like no, I did a, not. A lonely creature that. on a lonely planet abducted into the false allure of a computer generated world. Um, okay, that's I didn't know that, and I saw it, and it's only like what two minutes long or something. Honestly, I feel like it was somebody's animated, computer graphic generated, like painting. <gasps> Uh, like they yeah. took, they took a painting concept and said, or like a final project or something or like something. that. It was just like, oh, okay. You were working more on the computer graphics than you were on the story. Yeah, it, Which, it was pretty and cool looking, but you know that's valid. Except that this is a film festival, not a computer graphics festival. Sure, yeah, mm. it, it looked neat, but I, yeah, okay. <laughs> that was that was my response. Okay. Uh, d- okay, and then we all walked over and we had yellow leaf cupcakes. Oh yeah, those were good. It was a good, good. And it was now a good I'm, little snack. Now I want cupcakes. Oh, I ate I ate so much that weekend. So we came back and we started part two with Singularity from Australia. I wrote obvious. <laughs> oh <laughs> Do you remember this yeah, one? this is the Delta yep. Force team that's protecting yep. the president. Yeah, it was uh, a pretty by the numbers. Looked good. Oh yeah. Uh, well executed. Uh, I don't remember if I said it to you or to Mike, but uh, anyway, Delta Force goes in to rescue the president from a bunch of killer robots. Basically, like, like I, the robots want to take over. Yeah, and it's it's very much uh, Terminator. You know, 
Terminator, yeah, it's these, but the, the robots are cool and creepy looking. The robot design was excellent. Yeah, I it agree. was it was weird, and it was like everything is already in turmoil, like pre-apocalyptic or just apocalyptic, uh, uh, and uh, process process of apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah, and these uh, the Delta Force goes in to uh, to rescue the president and his wig. Um, <laughs> It was so distracting. It was so distracting. I was just like, that's that's your alien mastermind right there. The hairpiece. Kill it. Kill it. But uh, it was, yeah, it was a pretty by-the-numbers sci-fi actioner. I was like, okay. Honestly, if it were on Netflix, I would watch it at two in the morning. Sure. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, yeah. I get one of those action films where you know mm-hmm. exactly what's going to happen, but who cares? It's yeah. loud and it's fun. Looks good. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, next up was Never Happened from Canada. Really good one. Oh, I have this one starred. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, so the, the concept is, um, what's fun is that the concept doesn't come in about till about two thirds of the way through. Yeah. So you just see the, this man and this woman who are clearly business associates on a business trip and they go do their business thing that they were there to do. They're in the hotel after one thing leads to another and they have sex, but you know that the man is married because yeah. you've seen him talking to his wife. Yeah. So this is an affair and you're like, huh? Okay. And then they go, yeah, it's probably like, what do we think? Should we keep doing this minute? No, it's probably best if this never happened. And then they use some phone app, like an app to just kind of, rewind and erase the last what do you think two hours yeah two hours out of cover it Mm -hmm. and they both agree and then they push the little thing and it just wipes that out of their mind it's gone it never happened yeah and uh that we should leave it at that yeah yeah there's more to it but there's nice little hook uh, and it's uh it goes fun places from there yeah like even though the concept doesn't get outline till two-thirds of the way through mm-hmm. it does more with it yeah. in the following third so you should watch it on your own yeah it's uh, it's good it's one of the better ones there yeah and well produced like i have to say all of the shorts were except for weirdly the closing one were really high professional yeah high yeah. production big production values. value yeah yeah like super super yeah big. definitely um oh this one was so weird shirkoa yeah i'm gonna spell it S-C-H-I-R-K-O-A. This one was from India, which is so cool. Um, Like, it was... I feel like it's part of a larger narrative. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, But I didn't feel cheated by what happened, even though it left me... It did leave me wanting more. Like, it it kind of felt like a chapter that completed. But, like, I am interested in this world. Yeah. I am very interested in this world. It's very much about embracing the differences of everyone around you and not uh, insisting that everyone looks the same. It reminded me of... uh, God, was it Vonnegut? Yeah. Uh, Harrison Bergeron? Yes. Yes. So they're, they're... You're... Bagheads, that's what it says. In the city of Bagheads, a Senate member faces a tough choice between a political career career or the love of a mysterious woman. So everybody in this world wears a bag over their face. That's just what you Yeah. Do. And it, it's it's uh, mandated. It's it's uh, you have to. And but uh, uh, some some of the people the the immigrants, that's what they called them, right? Yeah. Were basically mutations with wings or horns or stuff like that. And uh, it's a guy uh, rising to power, 
and but it's framed within his relationship. It's told from the perspective of a prostitute he used to always go visit. And uh, he falls in love with someone who may or may not be one of the immigrants, you know, and they're but, demonized and everything. So it's a little heavy handed. Yeah, right? but, but uh, I love the idea, the bags, yeah. the bags. Yeah. It's just, it's super interesting. I, I, like, I'm, I'm not saying it's a great piece of storytelling, but the, I, good. the ideas in it, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm. I like this. That'd be weird. It's yeah. animated, obviously, because asking people to walk around with bags yeah. on their head would be awkward. Right. Oh, HP Lovecraft insurance. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, you can put Lovecraft or Lovecraftian things in something, and it's immediately you've got my attention. I, I just like, yes, go on. Uh, and by Lovecraftian, I don't mean rampant misogyny or racism. I mean uh, <laughs> nameless horrors uh, from beyond time and space. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's one of those fake commercials. It might even be, in fact, I think it is from the same guy. I could be wrong. The same guy who made um, uh, it was kind of a, a self help commercial. It's like, oh well, oh, you're having trouble at home and finding a job. Well, Wendy, I have the thing for you: the Necronomicon. <laughs> uh, I, I think it, I think it's the same guy, Joseph Nani uh, from Canada, who made that. I'm. I'm almost positive it's the same person, well, it but it makes sense. Yeah, it's it's uh, an insurance company. It's a commercial for an insurance company that uh, insures people against the effects of uh, Lovecraftian monsters. And there are some just really funny jokes in there. And, yep. Uh, it's good. Yeah, it was. I'm it was cute. sorry, sir. You're going to have to give me more of a description than indescribable. <laughs> yeah. Killed me. Like Joseph. Yep. Joseph Scrimshaw did a. Regular listeners will know who that is. Joseph Scrimshaw once did a sketch. At Convergence about um, the Lovecraftian roadshow, um, Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> so I mean, he kept getting handed stuff. It was it was the whole Scrimshaw clan, but I remember Joseph's performance because he kept being handed stuff at this Antiques Roadshow. He's like, why would you have this? Oh my God, the horror. That's what it reminded me of. This one was a little bit lower budget, but it was still well done. Um, uh, yeah. No, it was good. It was just... Uh... Yeah, you could tell that they didn't really spend a lot of money. It was probably shot in a day. In somebody's office. In somebody's office. But yeah, it was good. I liked it, it a lot. It was a good script. Swell was next from, this is from the USA, um, by made by a female filmmaker. Female filmmaker. Who I, I think was, she was actually the lead in it as well, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't catch that if so. I think but, so. I could um, be wrong. I'm, that makes me curious. I'm going to look now. Do, do, yeah. do. I can't tell the Indian name may or may not be female. There is something about Shirkoa that screams a female viewpoint to me. Yeah, definitely. Um, but looking through... Oh, Summer Camp Island was by Julia Pott. That's mm-hmm. a female filmmaker. Arthur Ian... Stellar Moves, Millie Vett, Gonzalez, Tabia Lise, possibly. Valerie... Uh, and Valerie Setazan. Yeah. Yeah, so Stellar Moves and Summer Camp Island, possibly Shirkoa, and Swell are all female filmmakers, so yay for that. Um, Roger has tons of people on it, some of whom are female. Oh, yeah. That was all stop motion, so. So calling that out because I can't help but notice. Sure. Swell is definitely, I don't know, I'm starting to feel sometimes like, oh, yeah, that is a female viewpoint. And Swell is very much about how emotions the importance of emotions yeah and uh and maybe being honest with yourself and not trying to 
manipulate them. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's also a testament to, uh, or, or saying that we shouldn't be so obsessed with our phones. Uh, it uh, like there's part of me it's like this could have been a Black Mirror episode. Oh, it was very much a Black Mirror episode. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it was uh, these mood amplifi- this application on your phone that just sets your mood for the day, uh, and uh, everyone's got it on their phone, and you can turn up the intensity and stuff like that. And this between this couple, things go horribly awry. Horribly awry as they're fighting, and then the phone slips out and then they're grappling and so it's changing settings and so it's comedy but it's awful and then yeah so it's yeah it's very enjoyable but it is it is i think maybe of all of them it is the one that feels like it could be a black mirror episode oh oh, yeah very much so (laughs) like uh do you really want your phone to be able to control your emotions oh yeah also what was what was her setting for the day? It wasn't brutal honesty. It was, no, it was it was like uncomfortable, uncomfortable truths or something like that. Yeah, but, like, yeah, it's kind of a liar liar type thing. Like very like practical, just blunt, practical bluntness. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's a. She's like, well, I just want to get work done today, and I just like I feel like my songwriting hasn't really, you know, hasn't it lacked clarity. So I'm setting it to this, and I'm just like, oh, that could go so wrong, and it does. So many ways. Yeah. Uh, Monsters was next. Monsters was one of my favorites. Yes, I agree. I saw this on uh, online a couple of months ago. Uh, oh, so you'd already seen it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really good, very well produced. Uh, it's about uh, this girl, a uh, young girl, what, 10, 12? Yeah, somewhere in that preteen, right on the, right on the verge of, to where you start... It's post-apocalyptic. She mm-hmm. is living with her family, which is mom, dad, and older brother in a bunker. They go out hunting, but she has to stay inside. We're going to pause. Boop. So post-apocalyptic family, mom, dad, older brother, young girl. Yep. They go out. They tell her she can't. It's not safe. She's chafing against the bit. She wants to go out and help and fight the monsters. But she's at that age where like, I can't help it. I'm like, what is your long-term plan here? Yeah. This one is good, but it doesn't hold up to close scrutiny. Because you start thinking... Well, even post, even if you accept the post-apocalyptic narrative, like, at some point, she's going to want to have sex. She's going oh, yeah. to want to get at, like... Mm-hmm. And right now, all you've got is your nuclear family. Yeah. Like, so, are there other people elsewhere? Mm-hmm. Like, what? what is your long-term plan? Right, right. So yeah, it's um, uh, it's good though. It's it's well done. It's just uh, uh, if you think about it, that uh, you can poke a lot of holes in it. Yeah, like this one is one that very definitely I don't want to spoil. You definitely should find it and watch it because I really loved it. But it is one of those narratives that, like, when you first watch it, you're like, wow, yes. And then you think about it and go, hmm, uh, <laughs> wait, what? Uh. <laughs> yeah. So um, monsters, uh, it goes. It does what it does. It does very, very well. Yeah, very well. I was, I was very pleased. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, because as a, as a cinephile watching a lot of stories, I'm always pleased when a story gets told well. Like, oh, you did that well. You did, you did a good job. Good job, you gold star. Um, next was the seafarer and the moonlight. That was another one. It was uh, animated with like felt, kind of like South Park, but with. Cut felt it looked it's like. Maybe. I don't know. It, it was uh, it was cool to watch and short, and then it was over, and it was like, huh, okay. It was very pretty, mm-hmm. and that was about all I could. Say like about a it. Viking gets attacked by uh, 
something in the ocean, and then it's over. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's all. Wow. Yeah. Next was Infilad. This one was my favorite look. Oh, yeah. This one was like, uh, uh, it's, yeah, it's this guy, and uh, he's just in this white room, and there's a door in front of him and a door behind him, and whenever he goes into the door in front of him, he comes out of the door behind him, kind of like uh, an infinite loop in Portal. Yes. Uh, in the game Portal. And that's what this felt like, was like being stuck in a puzzle in a video game. Oh, it was like, this is one that, talk about creeping dread. The more you think about it, the more it's just. Sure. It's yeah awful. And so it's just all white. Everything's white. He's wearing white. And there is one red ball just on the floor. And that's all it is. And that stark visual and component. And the, and the gun. It starts with a guy shooting into a doorway and he shoots and then he falls down and you don't really know what happened until the next guy appears and then that's when you realize what it is and he's got this ball he's playing with the ball what's he gonna do how can he escape can you escape yeah it's uh it's kind of like cube or something like that there's no dialogue no dialogue at all you know it's it's, just all visual but it's yeah it's really well done storytelling. Yeah, self-contained, and when it wraps up, it's like, okay, that's exactly as long as it needed to be. Yeah, it didn't go on too long, didn't, mm-hmm. yeah, and it ended on a fun, sort of thoughtful note, and it does make you sort of question, like, what what would what would you do? Yeah, yeah. And But there are physical effects, you see, like, his lips are getting chapped, so it's not like some weird purgatory, spiritual purgatory, where nothing ever changes. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. do feel like he could, like starve or starve to death there Mm -hmm. yeah there's definitely the passage of time yeah so yeah no it was neat because oh man as a purgatory that would be horrific um infinity train this was the other the other cartoon network uh uh thing It, it it felt like uh Episode four of season one of a Cartoon Network yeah. series. Uh, it's uh, this girl. She is uh, on this train. She's probably about twelve. She's precocious, smart ass, intelligent. Uh, she's on this train, and she just has to solve like puzzles uh, in each uh, train car to get to the next train car. But some of the train cars are bigger on the inside. They're like <laughs> they're like full Whole worlds. worlds. In fact, she goes to Corgi Land. <laughs> It was great. It was just a kingdom of corgis. And, uh, no, it was funny. Uh, I liked this one a lot. Uh, and she's got uh, these two, uh, this uh, spherical robot that she carries with her. Uh, but each half of the sphere has a different uh, personality. Sad and glad. Sad and glad, yeah. And uh, it was just really cute. And I would watch the whole series. I would. I would happily watch just that part again because the corgi stuff was... It was so funny. It was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> just... Like, Charming and adorable. It was. It. it All of felt... our back scratching devices are broken and now only scratch bellies. You can see how that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. It's, and uh, she was commenting on all of the uh, like Grecian columns that they had, and he said. Oh, yes, many vertical surfaces for us to go potty on. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, okay, well, let's go. We need to go go do this thing that we need to do to solve the puzzle. And she's standing by the door. Are you going to go? Are you going to Are you gonna go out? He's like, I'm going to go. No, I'm going to stay. No, I'm going to go out. No, I'm going to stay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go out. <laughs> yeah. It was... It was, so it was... It had that uh, charming yeah. sort of left, left of center. And totally, it felt like... It felt like a Cartoon Network show. Oh, you it know? did. 
like uh, like the other ones, like and like a regular show and Adventure Time and stuff like that. So um, next up, we only have three more listeners. We have House Arrest, which was voted by most of us as the best of the best. Yeah, yeah, it was dark. It was so. It was really up. dark, and you don't know uh, what this guy has done, but he's committed some crime where he's on house arrest. And uh, there's uh, an AI that just watches his every move and is really, really invasive and makes him exercise and stuff like that. And then he starts to realize that uh, the AI will do whatever it takes. Yeah, like... Uh, Asimov's three laws of robotics have not been installed. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Like, it's like, would you know, cause it starts with, would you like me to put that on your calendar? You know, like I want to, what time is this TV show on? It's on nine, nine o'clock. Did you want me to put that on your calendar? Um, yeah, sure. I guess. And you can tell that he's finding out like, oh, this weird anklet AI, it can also do other things for me yeah. besides just make sure I don't leave the property. Um, and, uh, and then like, there's a moment where he's like. Ah, damn, those fucking dogs never stop barking. Would you like me to silence them? Well, how the hell would you do that? I could emit a sound loud enough that they could... um, A sound that would um, keep them quiet that would not be audible to humans. Well, yeah, sure, do it then. And all of a sudden the dogs start barking, but then... You find out more later. and it gets dark. it, It gets very dark, and it goes there and definitely watch... All the way through the credits. Oh, yes, yeah. It's good. It, it was good. That was, uh, uh, yeah, I think almost all of our group agreed that that was uh, it, the best one. Yeah, really well done. Sharp script, biting sense of humor. And, uh, yeah, dark. Dark as fuck. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Roger was next. Oh, this was the, the stop motion. Stop motion, motion. yeah. It was cute. Yeah, it was about a... Uh, a, a stop motion maquette that gets cast aside because it's gotten smooshed. Yeah, because he got smooshed by a falling light, and uh, and so he decides to uh, he he has a kind of a existential crisis, I guess you could say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's not a lot of dialogue or anything like that, and it's just uh, uh, it was cute, you know. And it's uh, stop motion intercut with live action, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, it's good. Self-aware stop-motion maquettes. Yeah, and it's, it, it, uh, it was kind of Toy Story-ish. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like what? Well, now that I can't be the action star, what now? What do I do? Yeah. Very, very fun. Like I put a big smiley face next to it. Yeah, it was good. The last one was a YouTube video. Let's just be honest. Yeah. It's just a fucking YouTube. video. It was video. bananas. But it was absolutely bananas. I've got a what the fuck next to it. Me tube two. August sings Carmina Burana. So this kid is like outside where there's, you know, some sort of like a Coney Island atmosphere and there are these street performers and he puts money in their basket and suddenly shit. And he gets he definitely gets his money. Oh, like shit happens and like but weird gimp people oh, in gimp God. suits it, it multiply it gets perverse and uh absurdly bombastic. Because like, they're singing Carmina Burana. Yeah, and it just turns into this entire, like, batshit insane spectacle. It was, it was, it was it cool. Was, it was fun to watch. Yeah. There wasn't really a story, but I mean, it's a hell of a closer. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. It's a good capper. Yeah. It's a good because I mean, even though my favorite was House Arrest, it wouldn't actually have been a good closer. It's a little too 
quiet. Oh, audio. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is fun, like, boom! Yeah. Mic drop, and we're outie. Yep. Um, so watch it, because there's really no way to describe it, and I guarantee yeah. you the tower of multiplying gimps will make your day. It was really strange. <laughs> my favorite was Mike being like, that was my favorite. And I'm like, it's probably because you slept through most of the rest. <laughs> That's true. He was he was nodding. Because <laughs> he was up all night himself doing other things. Um, so, okay. So that is um, Sif Sif, S-F-F, S-F-F in Seattle. I recommend you guys pay attention to this one. And if you can get to it. And if you can get tickets. And if you can get tickets. They sell out like almost immediately. Yeah, I was lucky. Rod buys a whole block and then says, who wants to come? Yeah, they 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 have it on the 28th, and then they do it again on the 29th in a smaller theater, I think, or something like that. So it's like the second day, they just reshow everything. But I think it's in a different theater. I could I be wrong so. about I that. I think so. I think they said the way they described it. So, yeah, this was super great, and I'm so glad I went. I'm really becoming a fan of short films. Like, they... They ask so little of me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just a little digestible. It's like uh, reading a comic book instead of a novel. <laughs> yes. So um, this comes to the end of our episode. But before we go, um, Jason, do you have a Pleasure Dome recommendation for our listeners? Oh, right. Pleasure Dome recommendation. Um, yeah, you know, I just... Uh, another movie. I just watched, finally, everybody probably already knows this, but I just watched Kubo and the Two Strings. Right, isn't it beautiful? So gorgeous and so good. Like, the story is great, but mostly you're just sitting there going, damn! It's so pretty. It's so yeah, great. Great movie. One of the best of 2016. Like, I love Zootopia. I love the message of Zootopia, but part of me is like, no, Kubo should win. Kubo. Oh, Kubo was amazing. Kubo should win. Best picture. Best yeah. Animated it was just... Uh, really original and beautiful and fun and moving just a solid film all around i concur my pleasure dome recommendation listeners is sweet potato french fries yep because seriously if you haven't had those like especially if they're nicely salted we did had you, a did you just discover these no i've had them before okay. but they're they're right here in my heart right now because okay. we had a roller derby scrimmage monday night and I was starving after, and I ate them, and they were like, they were exactly what. Where did was you get needed. them from? We were at Kirby Lane. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Although I have recently discovered French fries, uh, fried in duck fat. Oh yeah. Uh, oh shit. Just so you know, on Austin Eater uh-huh. on the website, they just put up uh, the 15 best places to get French fries in Austin. Okay. Yeah, and a couple of them are like duck fat. Is where it's at. Oh my god. So it's like being a big French fry fan, I think I'm gonna spend a day and just go do all of them. I like the way you think. And then die. <laughs> and I will just I will probably die. Not out of necessarily pleasure, but just because man was not meant to consume that many carbohydrates. Yeah, but you'll die happy. It's true. It's true. Okay, listeners, this has been another episode of Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I hope that you will tune in for our next episode whenever or whatever it may be about. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome.
here in my house. It's so great. Yeah. I'm going to pause for a second because I realized, Melissa, Melissa, you're going to clean this up. 